That's what they say. And uh, we're in a study of Christology, the study of Jesus. You know, there's so many incredible attributes that describe who he is. And Isaiah was inspired when he wrote these words and caught just a glimpse of the Messiah's glory. I want to read Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7. This is kind of the theme verse for this study. And this is the verse on your Christmas cards. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, and of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order and establish it with judgment and justice from this time forward, even forevermore. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the scriptures. I thank you, Lord, that we would have a heart to receive. I pray, Lord, for, for your spirit being here with us and inspiring us. And Lord, I pray that we would get answers to the questions that we have. And as we took communion, get wisdom for things that we need to know. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Now, um, I'm 42, which sounds old to me. Some of you don't think that's very old, but I have tried to always come by wisdom and look for advice in people. I appreciate it. I'm looking for it. And the thing I've discovered about wisdom is that it often seeks out counsel. You know, I, I remember some of the best advice I've ever gotten was from my, my grandma Dolores. You know, she's 98. She, she's lately been the butt of my jokes and sermons. But let me just give you a little idea of some of the wise things grandma said to me. I, I was asking her one time, I said, um, do, you, do you wish, if you could go back, would you have liked to have been born as a man or a woman? I mean, how, how has life been for you? And she thought about it for just a little bit. And, then, and she said, with, 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 real stern and with, with sincerity, she said, no, I'm, I'm happy I was born as a woman. She said, you know, if I was born as a man, I'd have to deal with women. <laughs> I thought, that's what I'm going to remember. That was some good advice right there. I remember the advice I got from my uh, friend R.L. Brandt. He was a minister in town. We talked about walking out the call of God. And, and that I've never forgotten the advice he shared with me. I told he's seen a lot of ministry, and he just encouraged me with the stuff that he shared, the things that he said. I'm grateful for my friend Mike Ware and, and the stuff that he, you know, it helps me with, with advice, because it shapes values, it helps make decisions, it helps me move forward in life. And I just think it's absolutely fascinating that the scripture describes Jesus as a counselor. The Holy Spirit is a counselor, and he's the very best counselor. In fact, when you read the verse here in Isaiah 9, uh, in verse 6, when he said his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, there's a comma right there, but some translations actually put the word together with a hyphen, and they would say that he's a wonderful counselor, that he's filled with the best counsel and insight you could come across. In fact, if you would just go over a page or two in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 11, you would find that it's one of the seven spirits of the Lord is the spirit of counsel, that God has the ability to counsel you and speak things to you when you need it the most. He is a counselor. Jesus, in speaking about the Holy Spirit, said that when the Holy Spirit comes, uh, he will teach you things, he will bring to your remembrance things you might have forgotten, and he will show you things to come. In other words, he is filled with counsel. He knows what to do in every situation. And how many times have I been grateful to get counsel from the Lord on something? I mean, he's helped me with financial decisions. He's helped me understand seasons of life that I'm in and what to do in moments when I 
don't know which way to turn, how to handle people. And I mean, he's just been amazing in terms of his ability to provide counsel in so many different ways he can do that. So I was really studying, you know, and praying, Lord, where can I find a passage of scripture to speak about your counsel and, and what it does in someone's life? And for the third week in a row, the Lord took me to the Psalms. And I, I just, I'm on a roll with it. So we're going to Psalm 16. And what I want to highlight for you is what I call the candy of God's counsel. And, and this is the Christmas season. We can call this the candy cane of God's counsel because he is a counselor. And this is sort of like what happens when you have counsel is you get a little aftertaste. I'm going to call this the aftertaste of God's advice. So we can look at verse number seven. Look what David wrote. Psalm 16, verse seven. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. See, I'm giving you some candy of his counsel because the Bible likens counsel to something that is sweet. David said that. He said we had sweet counsel together in the house of the Lord. And there's something about when you have had you know, counsel that you can kind of go back and, and chew on it and, and it's still sweet in your mouth. It's like you know, Christmas cookies. Uh, Scripture says in Proverbs 25 that a word in season is like apples of gold and settings of silver. There's something sweet about it. So we're talking here this morning about what his counsel will do and why it's so sweet, why you need it in your life. And I'm in the seventh verse here. He said, I'll bless the Lord who's given me counsel. He said, my heart also instructs me in the night seasons. And so he said, I've set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. And he said, my flesh will rest in hope. Let me talk to you about his counsel, what makes it so sweet. Uh, First of all, his counsel will calm your anxieties. I mean, I love these verses. My heart instructs me in the night seasons. You know, like anxiety is a real problem today. Something that you might be going through or facing or a trial that you're in. And we could be tempted to say, well, it's sort of like a modern phenomenon. I mean, if you knew the statistics on people who had antidepressants, it might blow your mind. But this isn't just a modern phenomenon. This is a human condition because David here is struggling with it. And there is a remedy for it. This is what the scripture says in in 2 Timothy 1. God has not given me a spirit of fear, of anxiety, of worry, but he's given me a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. You can have a sound mind. He he, he said, David said, you know, my heart is instructing me in the night season. So here's King David. This is such a telling moment. Here's a man who's having to face some fears in his life. And he's laying at night, awake in bed at night. Now, I don't know if that's ever happened to you or not. I found that that's happened to me at various points in life when I'm dealing with some anxieties, some struggles, some things I'm worried about, and I could just feel my heart stirring. And it's like it'll wake me up. I remember when we got into this building and I spent the night before the purchase of the building, you know, staying awake, trying to figure out, you know, if it was the right thing, praying about it. I mean, it, it was stirring at me. I've had that happen with finances. I remember, you know, when our child was in the neonatal intensive care unit, I was thinking, how are we going to get through this? And, 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 and I'd wake up at night. I've had that happen, you know, when you get problems with people. If there's some tension or there's a frustration and 
you kind of sit there and wonder, what is going on? How, how can I resolve this? How can I handle this? And, and you know, David, he's, he's having this moment. You know, I remember my dad one time, he went to Vietnam, and I, I think I was probably eight years old. He was watching a movie that was on TV, and he ended up having a panic attack that night. You've got to think about King David as a man who went through many battles, many struggles, many trials. He, he'd shed a lot of blood. And, and, and so whatever state he was in, he had this moment where he woke up. But he said, I can receive instruction in night seasons. Because he said, I've set the Lord before my face. And, and he's at my right hand. Someone say my right hand. You know what that means is that David had uh, the Lord as a resource. He was right there for him to reach out and take hold of. And that's what the Word of God is for you. That's what the Holy Spirit is to you. That's what the Scriptures represent. It's so you can reach out and, and you can get what you need to know from God. He can be a resource to you in that moment. And when you've got the resources you need, I'm telling you, it alleviates stress. It's like having the right kind of tools for the job. You know, the, the right kind of drill bit, whether you've got to drill through wood or cement, you just need the right tools. The right kind of clothing for the conditions. You know, when it's cold outside, you can have some insulated bibs and a nice hat, and you'll be all right to handle that. That's what a resource is. It's so you can get through a time that might be difficult. And then David said, you know, I've got his counsel. I've set him before me in night moments, and as a result, my heart is glad, and my flesh will rest in hope. You know, I've discovered about uh, when you get instruction from the Lord, when you get his counsel, is that it can actually bring a tangible sense of peace into your life. Something that's tangible. Something that you can, you know, just feel it supernaturally take place. It, it's what the Bible calls the peace that passes all understanding. And I have received moments from the Lord where I needed to know what to do in a situation. I needed counsel. And I got a little nugget of truth from the scriptures that helped me so much. Uh, you know, Jesus said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. That there's a peace of God that supersedes what the world gives. And when I think about where we are in the world today, do you know there is so much confusion and anxiety in the world that we're living in? I mean, we've got a society today that it just seems like it's adrift in a sea of immorality and weirdness. Now, I had a gentleman come into my office, elderly man, and he's so concerned about where we find ourselves as a nation. He just needs someone to talk to about it. And it's easy to get anxieties about where you see ourselves in America. I mean, you know, when the, the Senate is now passing, I think it was House Bill 1804, and they called it, some, it was something about marriage. It was, um, you know, reaffirming marriage, and it had to do with redefining marriage. And now they're trying to pass legislation to enact that. And it just seems like, man, we've lost our minds as a society. And, and you, you, it's like money has no meaning. They just seem to print it. And it, it's just the weirdest moment in time that we're living in. And it can create such anxiety in God's people. That's what the scripture says will happen in the last days. Men's heart will feel them for fear of things coming upon the earth. But you know what I have? I have the peace of God. I don't have to be lay awake at night worried about what people are going to do in government or wars. I have peace that passes understanding. And like David, even if I might wake up a little nervous, I can roll over and go back to sleep because I read the end of the story. I know exactly how it's going to end. I have the Holy Spirit in my life to bring me counsel when I need it the most, when I get frustrated, when I have all kinds of concerns. He's there to give me counsel. 
and it will calm my anxiety. I'm grateful for his counsel. Are you grateful for when the Lord's given you peace? Yeah. Now, let me give you a second little sweet thing to chew on. Here's some more candy for you. Look at verse number 10. He said, you'll not leave my soul in Sheol. That's the Hebrew word for hell. Nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption, a body that would decay. He said, you'll show me the path of life. Now, I'll stop right there. He, you know, here's what, here's what the Lord highlighted to me about this. If you really want to get counsel from the Lord, here's what you have to understand. And this is what makes it so sweet, that his counsel is personal to you. It's a personal thing. Some people like peppermint candy canes, and some people like uh, the fruity candy canes. I'm a fruity candy cane guy, all right? Now, when David's writing this, he's talking in verse 10 about his perception of where he was at. He's worried about dying. He said, you're not going to allow me to die and go to hell. And then he caught like a, a prophetic utterance, a glimpse of the Messiah. You're not even going to allow your Holy One, the Messiah, to see corruption. He's speaking prophetically about Jesus who was to come and about his resurrection from the dead. And when David wrote it, it meant something to David. And when Jesus is reading through the Psalms in his life, it means something to Jesus. It was personal to both men. And I'm telling you, when God gives you counsel, it's something that will be personal, specific, and sweet to you. You know, the thing about God's counsel is that it's for you, because not everybody gets to walk through what you're walking through. God's got different plans and purposes and pursuits, different things he's put in the hearts of different people. And not everyone you know, has the same destiny. Not everyone has the same calling. Not everyone's given the same grace or gifts. And that means that advice may not be the same for every person. It might be case-specific for people. You know, like some people get married at different seasons in life. Not everyone's supposed to marry the same person. And so God might counsel you to be with someone that he wouldn't counsel someone else to be with. He might counsel you to have more children. That's why some people have one child, two children, three children, or if you're brave enough, like my sister Amanda, four children or even more. Uh, he, he gives you counsel to do certain, like jobs or occupations. I mean, different people, uh, different things the Lord has led them to do with their life, whether it's being a fireman or a school teacher, or whether it's being a lawyer or a doctor. He, he might lead you to do something with your life. And that means that when it comes to people, the advice that he might give you might be different. Maybe the advice for you is, you know, to uh, wait on something. Maybe the advice is to confront a situation. Maybe the advice is to comply in a situation. He's got different advice in different seasons and different times for you. It's specific to who you are. He said, you'll show me the path of life. There's something about the path of life that God has for you, counsel and guidance when you need it the most, when you don't know what to do, the path of life. You know, the thing about the, the will of God, this is the way I like to talk about it, and the path that God has for you, is I liken it to like a football field. Some people view the will of God and the path for their life as if it's like tightrope, where you just don't want, to, you don't want to get off, you want to stay on it, and there's truth in that. But it's almost like it's a football field. You know, you're trying to get the football over around the corner into the end zone. And sometimes you've got people trying to block you and stop you, and your goal is to move forward with that. And in, in life, you're going to have adversity, you're going to have problems, and, and, and so you're going to have to find a way to navigate into the end zone. It's going to require that you have seen the path of life that God has for you. And, you know, in, in some ways, it is like that tightrope. I mean, Jesus said in Matthew seven fourteen, narrow is the way, and few there are that find it. 
which means that you should not deviate from God's plan for your life. Don't get caught up with vices that hold you back. You know, don't get caught up in certain sin issues that stop you and hinder you and keep you out of the will of God. And, and, and don't let your heart get bitter. Don't fill it full of things that don't have eternal dividends. If you want to have the peace of God and receive his counsel, you've got to keep it full of the word of the Lord. What he said is, you'll show me the path of life. Now, I love Proverbs 4 and verse 18. It's one of my favorite verses in which the Bible says that the path of the just is like the shining of the sun that gets ever brighter into the perfect day. And what that means is the more of God's path that you walk through, the more of his counsel you have received for your life, the better your life gets. The, the, the freer from sin you become, the more like Jesus that you are. There's something beautiful about the path of life that God can show you. You know, uh, Philippians chapter 3, uh, Scripture says that y- y- you, a man you know, uh, can be shown the path of life. Philippians 3.15. If you think otherwise, God will reveal this to you is what it says. God can speak to you directly. He can reveal certain things to you. He can highlight insights. And the way he speaks is specific and personal to you. I found this to be so interesting. You know, I, I was happy you, Jaron, had this baby dedication. I don't know why God does this to me, but I did have a dream about them when I introduced them. I dreamed that the two of them were in school together, elementary school. Uh, they were not in school together. But what the point was, the Lord was showing me that they had similar backgrounds. And, and it meant something to me in the moment. I understood what God was saying. It was a personal thing for me to encourage them with. I don't know why he speaks like that. Sometimes he just you know, highlights certain things. It's, it's specific or personal to you. He might do it through dreams. He might do it through still small voice of the Holy Spirit. He might do it through circumstances. That's what the book of Job said. Sometimes God speaks through circumstances that you might walk through and you think, man, I, I don't know what's going on, but suddenly you get inspired and you can see that the Lord's hand is in it and it's case specific and personal to you. It means something. Or it might be the advice that you get from people. How many times have people like my grandma or brother Brant or my mother or my wife given me advice that was personal to me, that meant something, that helped me walk out the plan of God for my life? Something you and for you is that it's personal to you, it's specific to you, and God wants to highlight something to you, and he can show you what to do in a situation through a myriad of different reasons, different resources. Yeah, He, he will show you the path of life. That will bring counsel to you. Now, let me give you a third thought here, a third little bit of candy. I'm in this 11th verse. When he said, he'll show me the path of life. And then he said, in your presence is fullness of joy. I'm I'm just going to highlight that phrase right there. In your, I love the 16th Psalm. In your presence is fullness of joy. Here's what it tells me about God's counsel. That God's counsel is very satisfying. He called it, Fullness of joy. There is something satisfying about his counsel. It meets a need. It exceeds expectations. It will squash your doubts. And when he gives it out, he gives it liberally, exceedingly, abundantly above all that I can ask you to think. You know, God is full of insight and wisdom. And it's not that he's not communicating it. It's just a lot of times we're not listening. When you hear it, though, it's very satisfying. When you've heard God highlight something to you when you receive the counsel, because remember, he is a wonderful counselor. Man, it makes you feel so satisfied. It's a little bit like pumpkin pie 
with a little bit of whipped cream after you've had your turkey. Come on, somebody. Ain't no Thanksgiving without pumpkin pie. It's the sweetness at the end of it. That's what his counsel's like. Scripture refers to God's counsel as if it was like water. Proverbs 20, verse 5. It says, counsel is hidden in the heart of a man, but a man of understanding knows how to draw out that advice, that counsel. You know how you, you, know how you get counsel out of the heart? is by asking questions. Ask questions and draw counsel out of people. And, you know, I was laughing. We went to Israel one time. I was asking so many questions that the tour guide lady got angry at me. But I have a thirst. I wanted to know why this, why that. I want to know how they build this. I wanted to know how old that was. And I remember I'd come home in high school, and my mother would just pester us by asking questions. Who did you hang out with? What did you do? Did you laugh at their jokes? <laughs> I mean, question after question. But in doing that, she was drawing counsel out. And it just maintained that relationship for all those years. So I would just challenge you, if you want counsel from people, learn how to ask questions. And it's like water that you can get refreshed from water. You know, when you're thirsty, you need to be satisfied. And water has the ability to do that. I don't think I've ever been more satisfied uh, than when I'm drinking water. Now, my grandma's not the same, my 98-year-old grandma. She said that the most refreshing thing to her was Coca-Cola because she said she drank Coca-Cola in the 20s. <laughs> when it was real Coca-Cola. <laughs> you know what else is satisfying? Is uh, when you and you get food. You know, when I'm working in like my house or project, I have to you know, keep eating nuts or chips or snacks while I'm working. It keeps my energy going. Otherwise, I get tired and I lose my strength and I'm not satisfied. And this Bible says that the Word of God is like meat. It says it's like bread. And as you eat it, you get satisfied. It's satisfying to your soul. I was reading this week in the one-year Bible in the book of Daniel, chapter 7. And he was talking about you know, how the courts in heaven are going to be seated. And one day, a just judge is going to deal with the problems of the world. And man, that satisfied my soul. I started thinking about a God in heaven who's just and fair, and one day he's going to right all the wrongs. I don't have to get too caught up worrying about it. I mean, that encouraged me. It was a bit from the book, a little food in my spirit that satisfied me. Satisfaction. It's very satisfying when you get information about something that you were curious about. And God might reveal something to you, or you get counsel that answers a question, answers a problem of why something took place or how something works. And it, that's a satisfying thing. When you know why a situation happened. It's like it satisfies your, your curiosity. Uh, you know what else is incredibly satisfying to people? Is love. Love is the thing that satisfies emotion more than any other thing. And a lot of times, the struggles you might be faced with, the challenges that you have, can simply be answered by hearing that you're loved and understanding and receiving the love of God for your life. I was listening to a report on the radio. I think it was NPR of all places. And they were doing a study of thousands of children. They studied them from the time they were born. And they had you know, a couple thousand mothers. And the, the idea was like, how much love does a child need? And they said in the study that a, a few moms weren't as loving and, and embracing of their children, but most were. And, and they said that Really, when they studied it out, the children who succeeded the most in life, the children who were the most secure 
and accomplished the most were children who received love in an abundance. It was like you couldn't overlove your children. And, and that amount of love has residual effects in a person's life. The more loved a person is, the more satisfied they are. They don't have to go look for love. They don't have to go look for different things that might drive them in the wrong directions. Love is something that's deeply satisfying in the heart and the mind of people. And when you have had love, when you've received love, man, it's a wonderful thing. I remember I was in a tough spot a couple years ago. And I had someone that had said something about me that I didn't think was flattering. It was very personal. It wasn't really related to the ministry. I was in here, I was praying. I spent three days fasting and praying. And on the end of the third day when I was going to break that fast, I just, I hadn't heard the Lord say anything to me until the third day was enough. And all I got in my heart from him was that he loved me. And that one word was enough to satisfy me. That, and I'm telling you, if you ever could experience and receive the love of God in your life and just receive it like the free gift it is, it's a very satisfying thing. That's why he said, in your presence is fullness of joy because when you feel loved, it brings joy into your life. I'm just giving you a little candy cane of advice this morning. How can you receive some counsel from the Lord? And I'm walking you through this 11th Psalm, which is so rich about receiving his counsel. This is what David said, I'll bless the Lord who's given me counsel. Here's the fourth thing I want to highlight at the last part of verse 11. He said, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And I've read that verse my whole life. But I looked up what he's talking about here. And this is what this idea is conveying, that God's counsel to you is infinite. It's at your right hand, and there's pleasures forevermore. It is inexhaustible. His counsel is inexhaustible. There's, there's, there's no limits to his knowledge. He knows everything. You can't put a cap on his counsel. The ceiling is through the roof. The New Testament said it this way in Colossians 2 and verse 3. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Everything you ever needed to know is found in the person of Jesus. It's infinite. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's uh, omniscient. He, he's able to answer in any situation. He is the Lord supreme. You know what he is? Is a know-it-all. Like the nerd in the fourth grade who had every answer for the question. He is a know-it-all. He knows everything. He's got counsel. In fact, the Bible says that there is no understanding, wisdom, or counsel against the Lord. Omnipotent. He's got the thing figured out. So when he said, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore, it is such an interesting thing about God's advice and his counsel. Because it's something that is always available to you. It's always available. It's whenever you need it, he's got some insight. And you can always have access to it because through the blood of Jesus, you and I can go to the very throne of grace and ask God what to do in a time of trouble. It's available. You don't have to, you don't have to fight for it. It's, it's, it's something that's accessible to you. And a lot of times we just, you know, for whatever reason, choose to ignore it, don't press in enough. So, but it, it's, it's right there. It's at your fingertips. It's at your right hand. That's where pleasures forevermore exist. So it's available, but sometimes it's something that's very hidden. I like what Proverbs 25 said. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the glory of a king to search a matter out. So while it's free, while it's ready, while it's right there, 
You have to search for it. You've got to lean into it. That's why when he might give you a strange dream, but it means something to you, you can lean into it, you can pray about it, and you can hear what the Lord is saying to you in that moment. It's right there for you. It's available. It just sometimes it's hidden. So it's available and it's free. Remember, it's a free gift. Freely received, freely give. There's something free about it. And in the book of James chapter 1, the Bible says that if you need wisdom, you can ask of God. He gives to all men liberally and without reproach. In other words, he gives it in abundance. It's a free thing. He just If you have a question, you go to him. He will give it to you freely, but it's also costly. You know what Jesus said in Revelation 3 when speaking to the church of Laodicea? He said, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. And what that is is an idiom. It's a linguistic phrase that means that the advice I give you, it might cost you something. Because what he might tell you is walk away from that relationship, and that might be painful. He might advise you to be generous when you feel like being stingy. He might advise you to go one direction when your heart is bent on going another direction, and it's costly to follow him. It's something that might be difficult for you. It's free, but it's costly. It's expensive. It's something that if you do it, you'll experience God's blessing, but it may not be the easiest route you go through. This is the thing about his counsel. But it will take you into pleasures forevermore if you'll listen to it. I love the verses. In your presence is fullness of joy. You know, answers exist in his presence. And if you need an answer to a problem you're faced with, all you have to do is get into God's presence and listen to what the Holy Spirit might speak to you about from his word. Maybe it's the advice of a friend. The beautiful thing about his advice is it's always applicable to you. It's applicable yesterday, today, and forever. I love that. Some of the advice that God gave me years and years ago has been some of the best advice I've ever received. I remember one time the Lord impressed me through conviction that I needed to confide and confess my faults to my mom and dad. I sat down with them as a 20-year-old. I told them about what happened when they left me home alone. That was dangerous. (laughs) But I remember how freeing I was. I remember the sensation I got of being forgiven. I have never forgotten that moment, and that was some of the best, most freeing, wonderful advice I've ever received. I did it. The Lord healed me. I think about advice he might be giving me right now in the moment. You know, I'm in this season with, like, little children, and you're tempted to just kind of get frustrated with the noise around the home, or you get frustrated with, you know, like all the busyness that comes with it, but I feel the Lord inspire me about being intentional, and appreciating the moment, the season that I'm in. So I, I had a guy tell me the seasons, anticipating them, appreciating, being in the moment. I want to be the parent that loves my children. I spank them too, but I love them. When I spank them, I tell them I love them. <laughs> I want to love my kids. I want to be intentional right there. And I think about wisdom that I'll need for tomorrow. I don't even know what I'll need to know tomorrow. I need to know what I need to know right now. But I do know that when the time comes, I can get answers to problems because at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. I, I just have to reach out and grab it when I need it. There's always a solution for your problem. Man, that is the sweetest thing about God's counsel. He's got a solution for you for the problem that you're faced with. Yeah, yeah. See, he, he, my grandma is a wise woman. Not as wise as the Lord, but 98 years will leave you some insights. And I remember another thing grandma told me one time. 
She said to me that living for the Lord is the best life there is. I was a rebellious teenager, and my grandma was like, you want to live for God? Yeah, there's something about living for him that's your best life. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe this morning you are in need of counsel. What counsel can he give you? It's whatever you need. Maybe you're confused. Maybe you don't know what to do. Uh, you're in a situation where you've got anxiety. I had a man in my office this week. He told me, man, I've got anxiety. And I just encouraged it from the Bible because you don't, you don't have to put up with that. Scripture says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And God has given you the authority now to push back and, and, and walk in the peace of God. Man, he can do that in your life. So if you've got anxiety, if you've got confusion, I'm telling you, it's not something you have to settle for. It's something that God has given you a solution to. It's a supernatural thing. You got to get it in your heart. You got to get the word in your heart. And watch as you become strong in the things of God. You don't got to settle for fear pushing at you. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, there's a case-specific thing for you. There's a problem that maybe you and only you are faced with. And you just are like, man, I don't know what to do in this situation. And God has got an answer for you. And maybe he'll reveal it to you through the Holy Spirit. Maybe he'll just give you a scripture verse to help you highlight what to do. Maybe it's the advice of a friend. Maybe it's just you have peace about the situation. And he can help you with that. He, he's very specific when it comes to problems you're facing. You know, I, I tell you, one thing I love uh, about working here at the church is I get to work with my, my uh, friend, Pastor Daniel, because, you know, he and I get to brainstorm things. We get to shoot, shoot problems. And one thing he enjoys doing is solving problems. I like being around people who aren't afraid to solve problems. Man, I'm telling you, he can give you answers to enigmas. That's what the Holy Spirit can do. He can give you counsel for you in a situation. And it's remarkable how he does it. Don't ever think he can't. He's got an answer for you. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe he's just afraid about what the future holds. Where we're headed as a nation, I'm worried about the economy. I'm, I'm worried about how to handle you know, raising children in this time. I, I, I'm worried about it. I'm telling you that he will give you peace that passes understanding. And you do not have to be afraid of what the future holds. Because Jesus is the one who wrote your future. He's the author and the finisher of Amen. So maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you see some counsel. Anyone feel like they could use counsel for what God, for your business, for your kids, for your friends, for your mother-in-law at the holidays? You need counsel for anything. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, I, I thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. <laughs> Lord, I thank you that you're able to give us insight, ideas, to know what to do, to know who to turn to. And I pray, Lord, that you put the right people in our path. God, the right advice. I pray that we wouldn't have ears that are hard, but we'd have a heart that's soft to receive it and be sensitive enough to know when you're speaking to us. Woo. I pray, Lord, that we would even be able to hear a word of rebuke when it comes to us, to turn us and turn our hearts. I, I pray, Lord, for soft hearts today, ready to receive and fill with grace, eyes to see, ears to hear. Mm, to know what the Holy Spirit says. Amen and amen and amen. Mm. Oh, Lord, I just thank you for your grace today. And I was, I was thinking about uh, you know, this verse about showing me the path of life, and it just brought my memory to Proverbs 4.18. That's one of my life verses. The path of the just shines ever brighter into the perfect day. You know, when it, when it talked about brighter into the perfect day, 
that, that's a reference to heaven. Ultimately, there's going to be a day when everything is perfect. And there's a path in life, two roads you can follow, the broad path and the narrow path. And you want to make sure that you're walking down the right path. You come to forks in the road at life, and you've got to know which way to turn. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is destruction. And there's a narrow way where few find it, but it leads to life. And I just want to challenge you here at the end of the year, as we're closing out this year, 2023 is a brand new year with all kinds of opportunities in which you should go. And I want to encourage you to take the narrow path, the right path with the Lord. So if you're not right with him, I want to give you a chance this morning to open your heart to him. If I could get every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, you know, I'm on the wrong path. I want to walk down the right path. It's the Holy Spirit tugging at your heart. He's counseling. And I just want to have you put a hand up. I want to pray with you. All across this room, whoever might be venturing down the wrong road, I want to give you the opportunity to get right with him and know him on the right direction, the right path. Just pray this with me. Say, Lord, lead me down the right path. Give me insight and ideas on what to do. In Jesus' name. And I, I, I really feel that. I really feel like 2023. This is one thing the Lord's been speaking to me about for next year. It's a year that's going to require a lot of wisdom. I mean, you need wisdom to know what to do. You need his counsel. He'll show it to you if you lead him, if you, if you let him. Amen. Amen. So let's stand up this morning. It's great to have you out in the house of the Lord. Good to have you with us today. And uh, we had, by the way, we had, a, what do we have, a Friendsgiving? And we had 20-some-odd uh, uh, youth group kids here making a mess, eating food. It was the most incredible uh, smorgasbord of food you've ever seen. Some responsible kids bought healthy things like you'd experience at Thanksgiving, and other kids brought just the most outrageous snack food. <laughs> but we had a great time, and so Wednesday night we're having youth group. We're down here praying, and I just look forward to fellowshipping with you all. If you want prayer, the altars are open. We love you very much. Hope you have a wonderful week this week, and we'll catch you all next Sunday. Amen? Amen.